Logan Webb took a no-hitter into the sixth inning in Coors Field, had a low pitch count, and the bullpen was up entering the inning. Why did they do it? Why did they take him out after giving up his first hit? Next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Locked On Giants your first First listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we are going to discuss another nice win for the Giants. They've won three straight in Denver, going for the four-game sweep today. And as I discussed yesterday, I really do think these games are important and that you shouldn't just mail it in at this time of year and they want to finish as strong as possible, if for no other reason than attracting the type of free agents they're seemingly targeting this winter. You don't want to go in and say, okay, we're just a bad team. You don't want to give that perspective to those potential free agents that you're a bad team. So if they can fight and scratch and claw and be closer to a 500 team coming off 107 wins the year before, just saying, look, things didn't go right for us this year. We need you. We need that star talent to kind of push us back over the top. That's a little bit of an easier sell than just really being a bad team. And so at 72 and 77, the Giants are trending in that direction, thankfully, and their schedule is pretty soft the rest of the way. If they can continue to beat the Rockies and if they can beat the D-backs, which is no given, given that the D-backs have been tough on them this year. But in this game, this nice win for the Giants, the story was Logan Webb, who was at his best in this game, which is hard to do in Coors Field, but he had his pitches working. He had the slider moving, which is, that's kind of what happens in Coors Field is that the breaking pitches don't break as much because of the altitude. And so it's it's hard to have a good breaking ball working that's getting swings and misses and having enough movement to really kind of fool the hitters. But Webb had a good slider going, he had a good sinker going, and he was featuring the four-seam fastball more than he normally does, and he didn't really throw a lot of change-ups. And so uh, he rode this mix and effectiveness and efficiency to a no-hitter into the sixth inning. There were some really good defensive plays behind him. Brandon Crawford made a great uh, diving play up the middle that looked like it was going to be a hit. But as soon as the sixth inning begins, Logan Webb, I don't know exactly what his pitch count was entering the inning, but it was low. It was either in the 50s or the low 60s. I think it was in the high to mid 50s entering the inning. And he ended up getting it out and then giving up a hit. So he took the no-hitter into the sixth. And entering that inning with the no-hitter intact and with the pitch count as low as it was, Gabe Kapler and the Giants, they had double-barreled action going in the bullpen. Two relievers were up. And so immediately it became clear they're not going to let him go deep in this game. And it became a question like, are they going to take him out with a no-hitter going on? And I discussed this a little bit yesterday about openers and how I think a lot of fans, baseball is kind of a regional sport. 
a lot of fans and a lot of you listening probably kind of pay attention to the Giants, but not so much the rest of the league. I'm not saying that's everyone, but a lot of baseball fans are that way is my understanding. And so when we see the Giants doing things that are different than what they've done in the last decade, like what they're doing under Kapler, Anxiety, and whatever is different than what they did under Sabian and Evans and Bochy. But that doesn't mean the Giants are unique in doing a lot of these things. Like the other teams use a lot of openers and the Giants actually don't use the opener that often. They just do it sometimes, which is kind of the case all around baseball right now. And We've seen all across baseball the last few years, guys have guys get taken out with no hitters intact, even with perfect games intact. When they're on a pitch limit or a, an innings limit or whatever, for whatever reason. And so for Webb, the plan going into this game, as Gabe Kapler put it, I think he said four or five up-downs or ups or whatever he said. But what he means is when you get up, you get hot, you throw some pitches like in the game, and then you sit down. And then you get back up and throw more. So really, it's kind of just saying innings. But they didn't want him to have a lot of them, four or five, like I said. And so going in, he he was beyond the point that they thought that he was going to go anyway. So they they already were willing to deviate from the plan, given the circumstances, given that he was throwing a no hitter. They were willing to deviate from the pre meditated plan that they had and so there is some flexibility you're not seeing total rigidness with this but uh, as soon as he gave up the hit he was out of the game and so the the fact is Logan Webb is at a career high in innings last year in the regular season he threw 148 innings which was much more than any previous year that he had ever had and in uh, with postseason included, it was about 160 innings. And Webb right now is at 187 and a third. And he's a young guy. He's so important to the future of this team. And he's arguably the most important current player on the active roster to the future of this team. And the Giants are out of contention. And so there's really no reason to push him, even though he wants it. So like, I get it. He wants to get to 200 innings. He wants to pitch deeper into games, especially when he's cruising like that. But at the same time, seems like Webb understands from his postgame comments. And also you just got to, if you have a plan going into the game, which Webb was aware of, you got to stick to it. You're not going to completely deviate from it, but you're also going to be maybe a little bit flexible given the circumstances. But in a way, it was good, I guess, that he gave up the hit. So it didn't become a far more difficult decision for Gabe Kapler. So in just a minute, we're going to get into the Giants have made a lot of roster moves in recent days. We haven't even been able to cover all of them because because there's been so many, but we're going to kind of catch you up and discuss a couple of key moves, pitchers who are you're probably going to see in this game today, guys who have just been added to the roster, Jarrell Cotton and Shelby Miller. But first. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss these roster moves for the Giants. I did want to say a little bit more about Logan Webb. He has just had a really good season. I mean, that's the thing too, is when you when you put it all down, when the when the numbers are all laid out there, he's got a 2.93 ERA for the Giants. He's made 31 starts. He's made all of his starts. The one thing that has kind of taken a step back this year is the strikeout rate. It was 
26 and a half percent in 2021 and it has fallen down to a below average rate of 20.3 percent in 2022 so that's going to arguably hold him back a little bit from being like a ace you know all these definitions are not necessarily important but I would much prefer to see him do what he's doing, plus have a 26.5% strikeout rate. League average this year is about 22.5%. So he had an above average strikeout rate last year, combined with a ridiculously good ground ball rate. So keeping the ball on the ground, preventing homers, and also striking people out, and his walk rate was good. It was just a great combination. And this year, it's mostly a great combination. I'm not trying to knock the guy. It's just the bar got set really high with how he ultimately performed last year and what we saw in the playoffs. I mean, he just looked untouchable. And this year, there's more contact and less, fewer strikeouts, but he's still able to be very effective, keep the ball on the ground, and the results speak for themselves. A 2.93 ERA, 3.09 fielding independent pitching, 3.64 expected ERA, 4.0 Fangraphs wins above replacement. So just a really good season for Webb, and he's got a couple more starts to go. But they're going to obviously take care of him here down the stretch. And by take care of him, I mean kind of baby him a little bit. Maybe is the wrong word, a little bit too strong. But they're going to monitor and manage his workload the rest of the way. And I think they should do that with some other guys too, like Carlos Rodon. It's kind of out of respect to him. Don't push him because he's trying to, he's got a lot of money on the line. And so they're probably going to ease off of him too. Actually, in his last start, well, there was the crack nail and this start got pushed back. He's actually going to start, I think, the first game in Arizona coming up on Friday. But they should do the same thing and make it clear he's not hurt. They're just protecting him because an injury at this stage with this season being over would be horrible so that they're gonna they're gonna look after him but let's get to the roster moves the Giants added Jarrell Cotton they claimed him off waivers a few days ago and he's active for this game today in Denver and he's probably going to pitch some bulk innings as they say with John Brebbia going for a perfect eight for eight as an opener I'm probably jinxing him here. You're probably listening to this after the game has started or even is over already. But John Brebbia so far, as of this moment, hasn't allowed a run as the opener in seven innings this year. But he's only gone one inning. And so you're going to need some bulk, as they say. And Jarrell Cotton is a guy who can provide that bulk for you. Shelby Miller is also a guy, probably not actually a bulk guy. I look at his minor league numbers, what he's done with the Giants in AAA, 27 appearances and 32 innings. So yeah, he's not a bulk guy. Cotton has been a starter at times in his major league career. And for Cotton, I mean, he's an interesting name. He was a part of some big trades and there were really high expectations for him at times in his career. He is now 30 years old, formerly with the Oakland A's, then with the Texas Rangers in 2021 for you know, a brief kind of stint, 30 and two thirds innings with the Minnesota Twins this year. And he's mostly been good, except for the one year when he pitched the most innings, when he had a 5.58 ERA and peripherals to match. But other than that, he's been able to prevent runs pretty well. A lot of the peripheral numbers don't look as good. Like when we look at this season with the Twins, he had a 2.83 ERA. And yet, They DFA'd him like four times this year, and he went unclaimed a lot of those times, and this time the Giants 
picked him up, given where they are in the standings, right? We've seen this in the month of September. They're willing to just kind of give guys an opportunity, like Lewis Brinson on the position player side. And he was actually designated for assignment yesterday. And we'll discuss that in a minute. But speaking of Cotton, he had the 2.83 ERA, but a 5.48 fielding independent pitching, but a 3.77 expected ERA. Uh, gave up a lot of homers, has struggled with walks in the last couple years, and hasn't really struck guys out much. But he's just a guy who has some pedigree and was considered a pretty darn good prospect. In fact, the Fangraphs 2017 report here uh, had him ranked as the 71st overall prospect in the game. So he's got some pedigree. It's a zero risk move. And you know, some of the guys that they've tried out here in the month of September, specifically in the bullpen, have been pretty impressive. And and I would just, I'm looking forward to seeing what Cotton can do, and we'll probably see it today. So Shelby Miller, we've discussed him before. He's been around a long time. He was in the trade that, he was in one other trade, and then he was in the Dansby Swanson trade. He was the centerpiece of that very strange deal that sent Dansby Swanson to the Braves, and the D-backs acquired Shelby Miller. And it was like, what do they do? Oh, he was in the, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Was it Marcelo Zuna? No, I don't, it was the Cardinals traded Shelby Miller to the Braves for somebody. I'm just blanking on it. Knew it at the time, obviously. Anyway, uh, but he's had some major league success and kind of has remade himself multiple times. He was a starter. He's been a reliever. He's been hurt. So he's been around the block, but he was he's only 31 years old, does turn 32 in less than a month, but uh, was pitching quite well for AAA Sacramento for the Giants here. 32 and a third innings, had a strikeout rate of 32.4%, which is very good. Command was a little bit of an issue, 11% walk rate, but 3.62 ERA, 3.83 fielding independent pitching in a highly offensive league and only allowed home runs at a rate of 0.84 per nine innings. That is, he allowed three homers in those innings. And this is a very difficult league to pitch in. And so those are pretty good numbers for Shelby Miller. And he's probably going to pitch today too. They sent out Cole Waits. Cole Waits is one of those guys, like they just added him to the 40 man. They just added him to the active roster. So he's, we're going to, this is not the end of Cole Waits with the Giants at all. He's going to be in the mix. He's got, you know, when you add someone to the 40 man, they have three for the first time, they have three minor league option years. And so they're using one of those option years here. And so he's going to be a guy who's in the mix for next year and for many years to come. He was pretty impressive. He needs to work on his command. He walked 20% of the hitters he faced and only struck out 15%. But the stuff is good. He's just got to throw more strikes. So in just a minute, we're going to actually continue talking about these roster moves. And we also have some odds released by Bet Online about the next team, if it's not their original teams, for Aaron Judge and Trey Turner. So you're not going to want to miss those odds that were released just today. But first. All right, as promised, we've got odds on Aaron Judge and Trey Turner and their next team. And we're also going to finish discussing these roster moves. I mean, what I actually wanted to say. Okay, so Lewis Brinson was designated for assignment. I just have to say, like, he had those good that one good series in Los Angeles, but otherwise he didn't do anything. After he hit his last homer in L.A., 
He ended up hitting 048 with a 130 on base and 095 slugging with a 42% strikeout rate. And this is an 11 game, so it's obviously a small sample, but I was concerned and I viewed him as definitely a DFA candidate at some point there. And certainly not a guy who's just going to be likely to have a spot on next year's team, even though he was arbitration eligible and still is if he signed to a major league deal. So it's not surprising. It is disappointing. They gave up cash to get him. We don't know how much cash, but uh, he's got a long track record of struggling in the major leagues. And what we were seeing was largely struggles in the major leagues. He was playing on the short side of a platoon. And even in those at bats, he wasn't having consistently good at bats. And when you're kind of a limited profile anyway, and you're not doing well in that profile, then it just wasn't going to work out. So that's what they should have been doing, though, with September. I think they've handled this month pretty well with all the different relievers they've kind of tried out with giving giving David VR an opportunity, with giving guys like Lewis Brinson an opportunity. And how about this? Finally calling up Jason Vossler, who he's got a very strange season going on. He has not done well in AAA. And this is funny because we said when we're talking about Elliot Ramos, we're like, it's very unusual and you know, you shouldn't think that someone who's struggling in AAA is going to do well in the majors. But for Vossler, that's what he's done. In about 400 plate appearances in AAA, he's got an 82 weighted runs created plus. In 78 plate appearances in the majors, he's got a 144 weighted runs created plus. So he's absolutely done fabulous in the majors this year, but has struggled in the minors. And Honestly, one of the bigger questions, it's not a major question, but it it is one of the bigger questions I've had this year, is why have they sent him down when he's been doing well? I don't see a ton of just pure unsustainability when I look at the numbers for Jason Bostler and what he's been able to do this year in the majors. I'm not saying he's going to have a 144 weighted runs created plus, but seems like he's been pretty solid for this team. So I have wondered when they've sent him down in the past and sent him down for long periods of time, why they haven't given him more rope, especially when they've had struggles in the infield and they've had guys go down with injuries. And we've seen, you know, Donovan Walton played a lot and Jason Vossler wasn't, even though Vossler was actually hitting and Walton was doing nothing at all. So I'm glad that they've given him another look here and he hit a triple in his first game yesterday. So it was a you know, he's in the lineup today and hopefully they, they give him a look here. To me, he's a guy who could be a part of the major league mix, just kind of moving forward. But we'll see. He is still kind of young. I guess he is 29 years old, but uh, I'm glad they're giving Jason Vossler another look here. And just wanted to point out Scott Alexander, another really impressive outing out of the bullpen. He's just, to me, he's a keeper and someone you're going to want on next year's pen Alex Young has also generally been pretty darn good for the Giants out of the bullpen. So trying out all these different relievers has been a net positive for the Giants, I would say. And I think they're doing a good job managing their September roster. So lastly, these odds, courtesy of BetOnline, they just send me these emails periodically. And they put these out, Aaron Judge next team, if not the Yankees. And to me, they're off. They've got, okay, the top team, I can I can see it, the Mets at 3-1 to one odds. And this is because, 
I mean, he's obviously familiar with New York. The Mets would love to take him away from the Yankees, I'm sure. And the X factor is Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, is willing to spend more than any other owner. And he's also willing to pay what it takes, even if it's a, quote, overpay, like they did with Max Scherzer, paying him $43 million a year. It was just kind of a ridiculous contract that nobody else was willing to do. And they did it. And so I wouldn't be shocked if if the Mets did the same thing with Aaron Judge. There's a lot of talent out there, so it doesn't have to be Aaron Judge, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up there. Avert your ears, avert your eyes. The next team here is the Los Angeles Dodgers at four to one. Odds according to Bet Online. Then the Red Sox five to one. Astros uh eleven to two. Texas Rangers seven to one. Toronto Blue Jays fifteen to two. Giants and White Sox at nine to one odds here. So I think this is off. I think the Yankees are the biggest threat, obviously. I think, I mean, I, I, I guess it's not necessarily obvious. I do think that the Yankees are the most likely team that Aaron Judge ends up on. But if this is like, if he's not on the Yankees, I would put the Giants much higher. If we know, like if we knew Aaron Judge is going to sign with a new team and it's not going to be the Yankees then I would say the Giants are in the top three. I might keep the Mets and you could never rule out the Dodgers, but come on. I mean, the the Giants have the need and Aaron Judge has the local ties. And so I think it doesn't make sense to have them this low. That's just my opinion. They've also got odds about Justin Verlander and Jacob deGrom. We'll get to those another day, perhaps. But Trey Turner, I also wanted to mention, this is the odds for Trey Turner's next team, if not the Dodgers. Philadelphia Phillies, two to one odds here. Chicago Cubs four to one, Yankees five to one, Orioles six to one, Marlins seven to one, Giants fifteen to two odds. So those are better odds than Aaron Judge. I don't think that necessarily makes sense, although maybe it does, because you talk about younger, more athletic, all that conversation. Trey Turner is like the guy if you want to get more athletic. And so he I've discussed this before, but the season that Aaron Judge is having, you're going to pay to a large extent for what he's doing this year. Like He turned down an offer that a lot of people thought was pretty fair, seven years, $213.5 million or something. And now Dan Zimborski over at Fangraphs of the Zips projection says that Judge is more likely to get something like eight years and closer to $300 million at this point, given the season he's just had. But also because the projections have changed given how good he's been. He's been so good that even though he had really good projections before, they've moved up significantly because of how this is one of the better offensive seasons in the history of the game that Judge is having. But for Turner, he is no slouch and he is an elite player. And you might even make a case that over the next six years he's going to produce more than Aaron Judge and yet the contract probably will be significantly less and so I'm not saying just look for value at all costs but Turner might make more sense given that he he kind of fits what they what they need a little bit more in terms of the athleticism and you know he's not necessarily he's going to be 29 and 30 next year but anyway those are the odds 15 to 2 I don't know I just thought it was worth throwing them out there 
That is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, telling your friends and family to check us out, whatever you can do. Thanks in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.